Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Saturday, January 13th. <laughs> yeah, everything about that felt weird. Everything weird. 2024. It's almost Friday the 13th. We missed it. Yeah, we were so, so close. And we're going to be chatting about movies screening Friday, January 19th. So we're in today on a Saturday because Eric has a real job and well, that gets in the way of his real passion. Technically, so I previously had a real job, but the hours were yeah. a, a little like malleable, you know. So, but now I'm starting a new I got a promotion, you know, which is supposed to be good, but for Josh it's the Except worst thing me. that's ever happened. <laughs> so, now we had to like be like tricky with it cuz it's like in theory I could I could just, you know, come and do an interview or whatever whatever this is and, and then leave. But like we like to watch a movie and yeah. Out. And plus like today is weather-wise uh, a little wacky outside so there was 12 feet of snow yeah yeah for josh it was apparently not that bad is the version i got when i got here he's like hey weather was really not that bad right and i was like i trekked <laughs> through fields like it was bad if you live further across the city such as myself it's a little more awkward it's so funny because i guess yeah i got being more central maybe they got to me first <laughs> yeah because my 15 minute walk into the cinema was 15 minutes 15 20 Come something like on. that yeah oh my god i'm a fast walker was a winter wonderland yeah. with birds and it is beautiful outside I'll, yeah. I'll give you that and it's not like minus 40 no so to me all the sidewalks were plowed and it was fine and then you get in you're like i got attacked by a bear yeah yours was like bambi like with all the flowers yeah. and everything and then mine was like i don't even know ice age or whatever i did see one person stuck they drove kind of into the laneway into a school <laughs> wait 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 like okay this isn't as dramatic as you made it no just no sad. no I like it's tell. like a person going into a place where a car should go into uh, okay but there was snow and they got <laughs> over ambitious and the front of their car was gone like what did they think they could do i don't know <laughs> i don't know if they were just like give her yeah tamp it down i can't oh no we've tamped it too far and the only reason i didn't be a true canadian and stop and help <laughs> Was they, for real, had six people helping already. Oh, wow. And I was like, they've got shovels and a plan. Yeah, you're uh, like, that guy looks stronger than me. I mean, what could I possibly have Pretty do? much. Somebody came out of their house with a shovel and some <laughs> other driver by was helping. So I'm like, they're good. Oh, man. If it's... it had been one person crying saying, my baby, you know, then I would have jumped in but seems like you were pretty quick to latch onto the they don't need my help pretty quick <laughs> like it took about two seconds to be yeah. like oh they're fine they're fine they were yelling for help but i yeah. was like i need to do a podcast man the weirdest part i mean this is all a bit weird but the weirdest part was that so the bus i normally take it goes up queen eventually okay. yeah and it stops at queen and bank and then i have to wait for a second bus and you know not that interesting but this time First of all, like, I mean, I made it to the bus stop and then the plow got there right after and I could see the bus like blocks up. And so it was actually a great timing, though, like you couldn't wait at the bus stop itself. You had to like kind of go wherever the plow went. So like it, yeah, it yeah. worked out. <laughs> but like, you know, you have to sort of hot step it a little bit. But like they ended up dropping us at Albert Street instead of Queen. Close. Yeah. And I, I'm assuming Queen is, if not closed, like maybe just not good for buses right now. Yeah. But, like, nothing was said, not, whatever, you know, so we get there, and it's, like, last stop, and then we get off, and I was like, where the hell am I? Like, this, isn't, <laughs> this is not, I've taken this pretty much every day, 
And then I, I got off and I was like, this is not the same spot. But then I started sort of panicking because when they dropped me off the right spot, the, I just wait for the second bus and I get right here. So I was like, wait, do I have to run up bank? Because I was like, I was pretty happy with my time. Like I killed it. I had like yeah, yeah. five hours sleep and I set my alarm <laughs> on a Saturday morning just to do this, all that. And I was like, if I miss that second bus, like I will not accept Josh's scorn for this because scorn. the bus, what's happening here? Where are we? What, what, what street is this? You know? So on the plus side, as it turns out, I think I could have just stayed at that stop because all the buses were going there, but I didn't know that. No one told me that. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go up bank just for Josh's sake. And I waited in front of the comic book shop, which was a little thrill for myself, even though I knew I didn't have time to go in. But they were open, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I, in the half of my brain, I was like, you know, you could just go in and look. No, no, <laughs> we're not looking at comic books. So anyway, the seven came like two minutes later. Everything was fine apart from that. Obviously, there's not a a spot to walk from the sidewalk to the bus. Like there's like a footprints at best. So it was an experience. Yeah. I got here and I had you shovel out the front doors. They were under snow. You did a pretty good job. Pretty good. Uh, there's a lot of snow. So it's like you're one man. I mean, you didn't have six people helping no, you like the me. car guy. And I got a rental in after we have our fun here. And nice. then I'm going to, before I leave, I'm going to do a good deed and shovel out the side stuff. Nice to not have people like trapped in here. Yeah. <laughs> Last night, walked the dog at bedtime, and it was so funny. It was perfectly timed where it was there was no snow. Yeah. And I get back in, and Gwen says, was it snowing when you were out there? And I said, no, no. And she goes, look outside now. And it was a comical <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer snowstorm that hit as I was closed the door behind me and walking up the front stairs. I was going to say, like, that would have been within seconds. So. Yeah, like it was, I don't know, 10.30 last night or something like that. Okay. So I missed it by seconds of... See, and I looked out out the window, and I'm like, "Oh well, that doesn't even make sense." And then overnight, you can see <laughs> oh, on yeah. everything outside just this perfect layer of yeah. snow all over all the sheds and mailboxes and whatever. It's cartoonish, like honestly, yeah. like I opened the window, like we just got new blinds, which is like such a adult fun thing but not really fun you know like yeah it's, you're like i can't believe we had to spend money to buy blinds but then you're like oh, it's nice to have blinds you know like yeah. so but anyways like they're blackout blinds so it's like when you wake up it's quite dark obviously but then i put them up and i was like oh geez because it just this is the first time that there's been snow like stacked up on the upper windows it's just like i mean it looks like what could you, you can imagine like there's like a foot of snow maybe not a, i always say a foot of snow i don't know if it's real but this is what i wish that Christmas would look like and I'm like if, <laughs> if we have to have this this might as well be at Christmas time yeah but it was not no but. I mean it's always uh, to be honest like I mean this is all Christmas to me it's like December to February it's yeah, kind of same all, thing yeah it doesn't end our tree is still up and by tree I mean decorations on our comic book spinner rack oh yeah that's what we do I and didn't think of that it is this time of year where I guess a lot of people say this is like a real depressing time of year <laughs> but I think for me I just always do get not sad, sad, but just, oh, got to take down the decorations. Yeah. Oh, no more cookies for breakfast. You know, well, all that easy, of... <laughs> easy. You don't have to stop with the cookies for breakfast. But you slowly run out, right? Yeah, because well, that's true. <laughs> I've still got Star Wars theme gingerbread cookies. Okay, thank God. That got better as you went along with that sentence. And some little chocolate cherry cookies. Chocolate cherry. Gwen makes them. They're little like cherry okay. balls, coconut cherry balls. Okay, okay. They're so good. Like an energy ball? Kind of, yeah. With like powdery chocolate on the outside. Okay, good. I like them cold. I keep them in the fridge. <laughs> I like them cold. <laughs> yeah. You got this all figured out. It's, they're all like little snowballs out. almost in a way. Yeah, that's true. Man. But, so what, so, what's, so do you put a star on the top of the comic rack? Or? Uh, so we. this is deep nerddom. But oh, a friend I mean, of mine. It's you talking. I mean, come on. Years back, got me 
a little crocodile hand puppet. Okay. What? Because on Craig Ferguson's talk show, for no reason at all, he had a little crocodile hand puppet called Wavy. Okay. And so she found me that hand puppet. That's This and has gotten weird So instantly. he's on the top of the tree. And then at the top, if you're a Doctor Who fan, Gwen made a little weeping angel which okay. is one of the monsters in Doctor Who. Thank you, because I honestly do not. I know what a Dalek it's, is. It's a really scary statue angel. Okay, that, that if, actually sounded cool. That if you look at it, it's a scary angel. Okay. And if you turn your back, it gets closer. What? But if you turn back, so, so say it's 30 feet away, uh-huh. you try to run, but then you turn back, and it's 20 feet away. So that's the scary thing. It's like you got to keep your eyes on it. That's, so is it super fast or just? Yeah, it's like a weird timey-wimey sci-fi thing. Okay. That they exist on like a different plane. Oh, so it's like, because now I'm picturing kind of like the ring or the grudge where they move kind of weird. Yeah, but they're scary. So she got this little, (laughs) thanks to the internet, I think this little like print up the piece of paper and cut it out and fold it. And it makes a cool little weeping angel. Oh, wow. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's madness. I don't even, did I say Dalek correctly? Is that? Uh, Sure. Is it Dalek? Dalek? I I, I say Dalek, but it's like zebra and zebra i think you can do it either way i never heard someone say it out loud but then i've gone to like the comic cons and stuff and i see them and i'm like i know what it is oh yeah but i've never said it out loud and i was like i'm not i don't really know doctor who that well so i don't i would never want to say it i've just said it here so it's too late they're the biggest i think if you see one of those at least you go like oh yeah that's that weird robot from doctor (laughs) who that looks like a trash can i was gonna say yeah it looks like a fancy trash can like a futuristic r2d2 which not scary at all but so well done, because even in the old shows, scary. Yeah. And Craig Ferguson, speaking of, has this funny story that I heard him telling to Neil Gaiman. He said when he was a kid, Doctor Who was on, because it's been on forever. True. And he lived in one of those real stereotypical UK row houses that you <laughs> okay. see in everything. Yeah. And so he said his room was on the second floor, and the TV was on the first floor. He thought he was safe if he watched Doctor Who from the stairs because the Daleks couldn't get up the stairs. Okay. And then in more modern Doctor Who, <laughs> the Daleks are flying around. Oh, no. And as a grown-up, he watched the more modern Doctor Who, and he said he actually had this genuine, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, like a childhood pit of your stomach fear. Yeah, they can fly now. Dang. See, this guy, that just sounds like that Star Wars with the Stormtrooper stuff. Like, they <laughs> yeah. fly now? They fly now. Exactly. <laughs> oh, as a, as a total side note, just before I forget, yeah, we were talking. Emily and I were talking last night. I, I can't remember exactly. Oh, I think it's because like we were talking about the like quote unquote radio voice or podcast voice or whatever. You know, oh, yeah. you see like yeah. criminal or whatever. These people are just like, and then the killer, whatever you know, and it's all the voice. You know? Yeah, yeah. And so then she was. I was like, we were just discussing that voice, and she was like, well, like do a radio voice, and I was like. It's funny you say that because I've been doing the podcast for like seven years or maybe more. I don't even know. So I was like, I'm not saying that in a like, how dare you way. I'm just saying it in an ironically, I guess I kind of do. We do have these voices where we don't yeah. calculate, but we have them. So, but then she wanted me to do like a clear calculated radio voice. And I couldn't really do it because I can't like I can't. You get in your own head trying to be like, what is that? What would I sound like? It was the weirdest during the recent writers actors strike. Mm-hmm. The late night talk show hosts, so the two Jimmies and... <laughs> they should call it that show, like yeah, both the, of them on it. The two Jimmies, Colbert, Seth Meyers, mm. and John Oliver did a thing called Strike Force 5. And it was very funny. It's still out there. You should listen. Really? It's a very yeah, good show. I've never heard of that. And they raised money for their writers. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Reynolds sponsored the show with, with his phone company. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lucky. So, so he think. did an extra nice Canadian thing, as he always seems to be doing, and raised money for these striking folks. Yeah. But in it, 
I thought, like, I don't watch Jimmy Kimmel or Seth Meyers religiously, but I watch Colbert and I watch Last Week Tonight. Yeah, so good. And what I found interesting is of those five hosts, Fallon seemed to be the one most different doing something else yeah. than on his own show. Where on his own show, I think he's kind of playing Jimmy Fallon a right, little bit yeah. more. And not in a negative way, but just I think he's hosting. He's got a little bit yeah. of a different voice. A character, basically. I found he was actually kind of more snarky and funny on Strike Force 5. Huh. And I think maybe he's just being a little bit more nice to his guests and stuff like that. Right, yeah. So I think that's like a lot of things where you'll see, like I bet you morning talk show hosts or radio hosts, if they're still out there, you see them in a different spot. Or actors are notorious for that, where an actor might be shy or introverted, but then can play a big role. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. That's the, uh, the the main announcer for the Raptors. Sometimes in the offseason, he'll do, like, Blue Jays games or, like, I think he did, like, soccer, too. Like, so random sports for him. Yeah. But he's really good. And I think it's just, like, after you do that for 20 years or however long it is, you can kind of just, if you know the names, you know, that's kind of the big. I would never, my understanding is that, like, a lot of the time they're sort of looking at a screen. Like, sometimes they're right in the action. But other yeah. times they're looking at a screen, but they have to know all the names. And I would be awful at that. For my own team, sure. But for the other teams, I'm like, was that that guy? Like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what number was that. Like, I didn't even see that or like it happened so fast. I'm like, did number 11 get that layup? I didn't see that. So like, I would be an awful announcer for sports. You really have to watch. Yeah. <laughs> you really yeah. got to You can't be eat nachos. and. Oh, you know. God. I'd be a good like color commentary guy, maybe like just yeah. throwing in. That's kind of just what I do here, I guess. But I would not be good at the like bang, bang plays and getting names right. And also pronouncing names correctly, too, because like I'd be mortified if I got a name wrong. It's someone's name. One of my favorite podcasts is that is it's kind of here still, but everyone involved got busy doing other things mm -hmm. in a good way. They all got one of them got a job on Conan O'Brien's podcast Ooh. and that kind of stuff. So it's called Pistol Shrimps Radio. Oh, yeah. You've mentioned. Do you have a shirt? I have a shirt. OK, yeah. yes. But just as you were saying about color commentary, the gag of the show is it's two husbands of ladies on this beer league basketball team of course and they know nothing about sports and they do a running commentary and it is laugh out loud funny and they don't play the rule of like oh i have to be neutral like okay. they're cheering for their own team clearly the ladies are in on it and they kind of do that my favorite is that dumb sports thing of after the game they'll get someone over and she'll go <laughs> it was a really good game both teams played really hard but they gave it their all and we gave 110 percent. but they tried harder but we'll get them next time and They'll go, uh, you said the exact same thing last time. Okay, thanks. See you later. <laughs> and that's true. Like, you watch a game, win or lose, they say the same thing. For sure. Every once in a while, you get some lunatic actually telling the truth and being sad or being angry. But for the most, it's just like... 110%. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be good. I'm too, like, stubborn and passionate about what I like. So I yeah. definitely, I could not be an announcer for a team I like. Because I would just be, like, probably swearing, to be honest. Like, at <laughs> yeah, least yeah, yeah. once. And yeah. then I would just be, I would I'd say something not off-color, perhaps. But I just, yeah, I'd be very, very biased. <laughs> so, to completely pivot, I want to talk about this. Because I'll forget. Yeah. And because we're still close to that other podcast. So Greg's podcast, which is number 462, at about 27 and a half minutes in, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we got evidence of paranormal activity in the Mayfair because I was editing it. And out of nowhere, there is a distinct sound of somebody whistling a tune. So we were in this room while a movie was playing. His movie, in fact. His movie. We are near the ladies' washroom and there is a little hallway there. 
But I swear I would have noticed somebody whistling that hard as they walk by to go to the washroom. Definitely. And it didn't sound like somebody, I'm going to the washroom, I'm going to whistle a song. <laughs> and this place is weird in that the sound bounces weird sometimes. Like I've been in here before where you hear footsteps. Yeah. So your lizard brain goes, a ghost is coming to get me. Why, why instantly that, though? Instantly. <laughs> and you're like, it could be Andrew. No, ghost. It's a ghost. But I know it's something about outside and our lobby and the glass doors, and there's yeah. something about the sound bounce in there. So anyhow, go back and listen to that episode. Go to 27 Minutes, listen to that whistling, and let me know what you think. Yeah, because I think one of us probably would have noticed that. And also, too, in theory, it would have had to be a woman if it was someone going to the washroom. Yeah. But not that we would be able to differentiate the whistling of a, a man or a woman. Like, I don't even know. And it wasn't one of us. Greg yeah. wasn't whistling. I uh, No, he never whistled. I can <laughs> no. say for 100%. And yeah. he didn't either. He was, I don't want to say low energy, but, you know, he there was a lot going on, you know. So all I'm saying is that genuinely, as I was editing it, it <laughs> caught my ear and I rewound numerous times. And was like, what the hell is that? So, yeah, ghost. Pretty sure it's a ghost. That just sounds like one of those X-Files episodes yeah. where like, he has all tapes and he's like, you can see the, <laughs> the movies of the tape and you're like, what is that? i got to isolate the audio. I should give it to somebody who actually knows what they're doing and see if they can isolate the audio. Did you? What would be great is if you could figure out the tune itself. Oh. And then you're like, wait, that's the Blue Danube, which was oh, number yeah. one in 1932 when we opened. Or something like, I mean, now I'm, I've watched way too many movies, but still. The next time I hear whistling in here, I'm going to panic. Yeah, that's. I mean, you already kind of are. I kind of like am. You're yeah. just, you're, you have a brave face because I'm here too, but I feel like before I got here, you were terrified. Oh, this place is so scary when you're by yourself and it's all dark. And especially at the end of the night when you've turned off all the lights yeah. and you're all alone. And then you go, oh, I forgot something up in the projection booth. Or, oh, I forgot <laughs> to turn off that light over the posters in the stairs. Yeah. And you got to run back in and, and just hope that you don't see a ghost. If anybody ever played a prank on me, I would just... Either punch them. I know, I know. Or just have a heart attack, have a panic attack. I'm ready. Like on April Fool's Day, I'm always ready to snap. Like, oh, God. Luckily, nobody really does anything, but I'm just waiting for it because I'm just like, it's not, we're too old for this. I oh, don't want yeah, this. Yeah. And especially you having to get the shovel today at this yeah. creepy, dark <laughs> stairwell. That so must scary. have been really fun. Uh, okay, so let us briefly chat about the movies coming to the Mayfair the week of Friday, January. 19th 2024 excellent so two movies held over for a second week the boy and the heron mm. from studio ghibli yeah and the holdovers the latest alexander payne directorial effort we're holding over the holdovers we're holding over the holdovers love that last night friday you always want to do well but last night the holdovers did 175 people which in winter is like 300 people yeah i did not <laughs> expect it christy texted me afterwards and she said they did okay they started the movie a bit late but then Saltburn did very well, oh. which is interesting because it is on, I always say TV, but it's on TV. <laughs> yeah. So that's very nice that we continually have proof that although something may be newly out on a streaming service, we still have enough of an audience to say, hey, we know it's out there, but you want to see it on the big screen. Yeah, and there's a lot of talk about that too, especially with the Golden Globes this happening. It was up for yeah. a couple, and it, it will be up for some Oscars of some kind, so... Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen either Holdovers or Boy and the Heron yet, but I'm seeing them this week. And you're going to see the subtitled version of Boy and the Heron or the dubbed version? I am like a lunatic going to try to catch both. Oh. Because I really like the subtitled versions for animation because the animators are inspired by that first voice. Mm -hmm. Like, there's this weird misconception still that people think the animation comes first. But of course... 
the voices come first. Yeah. And often there are re-recordings and different stuff like that. But the voices come first. The animators are inspired by that voice. So Studio Ghibli does it better than anyone on the planet when doing voices in other countries. And for this one, it's Florence Pugh and Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe and Mark Hamill and Dave Bautista. Mark Hamill. Nice. So really good cast. But I always find that no matter how hard they do it, it still it feels a little off to me. Yeah, I think um, was it Spirited Away that had a really packed cast? Too? Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I mean, yeah, they're it's just like you know they're gonna be beautiful movies regardless. Like yeah. even if there was no dialogue at all, you're still gonna enjoy these movies. But it's pretty amazing that we even have the option to screen both. Oh yeah, in the 35 millimeter days, to give a bit of a defense to modern technology. This would be a much more difficult endeavor because mm-hmm. that would be two different 35 millimeter prints. Whereas this is just picking a different option of either subtitle or dubbed. And Lee has a good point of isn't reading distracting while watching a movie. I never find it is. I'm always kind of like, I don't know. I can look at both at the same time. And then Holdovers is uh, funny. It's a Christmas movie, but it's, as Lee said as well, it's Mayfair Gold. This kind of movie, this little indie movie. Not necessarily a giant box office hit, but has some Oscar buzz, has a good indie character actor in the central role, and is just a nice character piece. And so not surprising that both these films are being held over. Mm -hmm. Then we have Multiple Maniacs as part of our John Waters Fest. The film, not people showing up here, hopefully. Both, both at the same time, probably. Could be, could be. Here's my favorite thing about this. So this is a... Criterion Collection restoration from the original 16 millimeter print. Wow. Here's a quote from John Waters. The restoration is an amazing thing. Finally, Multiple Maniacs looks like a bad John Cassavetes film. <laughs> I couldn't be more thrilled. And is, is it playing while we're still doing the Cassavetes Fest? So here's the funny thing. We're doing the John Cassavetes Fest at the same time. <laughs> so also this week, we're screening a movie called Gloria from mm. John Cassavetes. So it's just funny that both of them are the same week and John Waters has a specific quote that this movie is now as pretty as an old John Cassavetes movie and you can see both of them this week. Man, yeah, I never would have even thought of that. And so Gloria, uh, it has an interesting backstory where it was a hired gun movie. Mm. He was just doing it to make some money to go to another project. And it's a very early 80s exploitation kind of movie where... So the plot is, when a young boy's family is killed by the mob, their tough neighbor Gloria becomes his reluctant guardian. And so it's like the poster is her with a gun with a kid hiding behind her. It kind of sounds like Leon the Professional a little bit. Kind of, yeah. like obviously lots of other movies, but... But it was a little low-budget kind of grindhouse-y movie. And then it got Gina Rowlands an Oscar nomination for Hmm. Best Actress. And at the Venice Film Fest, it won the Golden Lion Award. So it's neat that... You can take something that is just a hired gun, basic kind of revenge plot, and still make it good. Yeah. I think that's something that bigger studios have done well the past number of years where they're like, oh, let's get Sam Raimi or James Gunn on a project instead of just getting some music video director who doesn't know anything about the material. 
Yeah, sometimes that works super well, but most times it kind of, I mean, especially got in the mid to late 90s. Yeah. In 2000s, like it felt like every time it was just style over substance. Oh, and yeah. For some stuff that can work, depending on what it is, like the cell maybe, you know, which which is better than what I just said, but it just in terms of like it being visual and that kind of does carry the movie enough that even if the rest of it was just sucked. And I like that movie. I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio does a lot of heavy lifting, obviously, yeah. but like, you know, stuff like that where you're just like, okay, Certain things, visual flair carries it entirely. Other stuff, you're just like, oh my God, this movie feels three hours long. What are music video directors doing now? Because I know there are still some music videos, yeah. but comparatively to the heyday where every album would have six or eight music videos, yeah. and now it's kind of like maybe one per project or something, or, yeah. unless you're Beyonce. That or like, it seems sometimes more foreign artists will do more. Like there's a, a band I really like called the Caravan Palace. Yeah. And so they have a new album coming out this year and they've already dropped three singles. Oh, wow. And all of them, I think they all, well, the first one had an animated video and the others, you know, like they, they've got an interesting style. So, But that is rare. Like, I mean, they haven't even announced the album yet and there's three videos out for it. And I know now it's just another thing that it's expensive. Yeah. And the money spent on videos back in the day. Nowadays, you're like, wow, you could make a Blumhouse movie for that. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and I, I always kind of liked the idea of, I mean, this is so, I don't think they've done this in forever, but artists that would do a music video for every song on the album. Yeah. And it's not like they were all amazing or something like that, but just, I, I remember as a kid, I liked that concept, you know, and like, and Daft Punk did a great job with that, with their second, with Discovery. And, and that was like the one that was like the anime movie. And it was like, oh, each yeah. video was, all the, all the songs people know basically, but it was like a full length, a 70 minutes, something like that, you know, animated movie about aliens and a rock band and all that stuff but it was really fun well it's like Kanye West who is problematic of course <laughs> and has a new album coming out but we're not pimping that one no, out no. <laughs> but he got Bill Plimpton who's this amazing animator to do a music video for him and Bill Plimpton has this hand-drawn pencil on paper style yeah and recently he's done a number of Simpsons couch gags yes but you know and he's done feature films that we've screened here at the Mayfair so yeah I like that kind of imagination because you look at some music videos and you're like, what? Like, early ones especially, they're just like, uh, it's a band, and they're singing, and they're whatever. But, like, some of them were very cinematic. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I wonder what those – probably, I bet you they're doing a lot of commercials. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of the thing, you know. I mean, I mean, it's a little bit easier to make your own – well, quote-unquote, your own movie at this point, you know, just with all of the material that's around or whatever. So, I mean, most yeah. of this stuff, I think it's just a stepping stone to getting to do your first big project. Yeah. So, finally this week, we have Silent Night. Oh, yeah. Which is another Christmas movie because, as a rep house, this is when we get the new films. Yeah. And Not based, too bad. Yeah, based on the weather outside, this is still valid. <laughs> yeah. So this is interesting. One big reason, it is John Woo's return to quote-unquote Hollywood. Right, which is how I knew we were going to get it eventually. <laughs> yeah. And it's his first Hollywood production in 20 years. I believe his last one... Was it Paycheck? Was Paycheck. Yeah, which I did not see, I'll be honest, but it was not praised. <laughs> no, there's a reason he left Hollywood. Yeah. And in the last 20 years, you look, he's done a number of very acclaimed, successful international films. For sure. But this is interesting because it is by the producer of all four John Wick movies. Okay. And it stars Joel Kinnanen? 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 Is it? But I, I know he just co-starred with Cage and Sympathy for the Devil. I'm pretty, oh, yeah. That's how I know him. <laughs> he's one of these actors where I think he's really famous internationally. Yeah. And here he's done some stuff, but just hasn't quite caught on. Because this, once again, was not a giant 
hit. I had honestly never heard of him before the Cage movie, which sounds bad. But ten years ago, I can't believe this was ten years ago. He did the RoboCop reboot. Oh, was he RoboCop? He was RoboCop. Good God, I w- I could never have told you that. Was did Antoine Fuqua direct that? I think so. So if I'm at least right about that, I feel a little better about. And this. then he did Suicide Squad, which was. A big financial hit, but I thought was terrible. Who was he in Suicide Squad? He was Flag. He was like oh, the the kind of the good guy. He sure. was like the military guy. Gotcha. And then in The Suicide Squad, which I love. Right. Great but movie. kind of didn't do well because it was all the COVID times and stuff. <laughs> I bear him no ill will, but I'm like, somebody likes him because he keeps on getting put in big Hollywood movies, even though I don't look at him the way as I look at. I guess he's an action star, but I don't look at him the way I do as a Bruce Willis in the day. Yeah. Or even like a Jean-Claude or something like that, you know? <laughs> but so this is him. It's another kind of revenge movie. It's, it's some, John Wick. It's John Wick. It's yeah. Christmas John Wick. But the gimmick is it's Silent Night, so he doesn't talk in the whole movie. Uh, much like Cage in Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, so it's one of those kind of movies. Mm. So it really focuses on the cinematic action aspects aka john woo yeah and don't have to memorize lines but you really got to act definitely yeah so i'm very looking forward to this and shockingly RogerEbert.com gave this four out of four stars wow one of Wu's best and one of the most deliriously cinematic movies of the year one of his best an exercise in pure filmmaking surprising strange and perfect so is that putting this too high on a pedestal? But yes, four out of four stars. That means it's flawless. There's flawless. nothing wrong with this movie whatsoever. And I mean, I hope that's true. So remember, people, you know, not three and a half. Not, sure. But, so I'm, I'm very interested about that makes me even more. Uh, yeah. I got to say, I do love the irony that John Woo made a Hollywood movie called Paycheck. Like yeah. you can't get any more like blatant. Than and then that. left. <laughs> yeah. He's like, literally, this is for a the title of this movie. <laughs> because I love Hard Target. Sure. Then he did Mission Possible 2, a big mainstream movie. And I think he did a movie called Face Off with a certain person I accidentally keep coming back to. Did Face Off. Yeah. So he had a pretty good run. And then I think he just got tired of getting offered stuff like Paycheck. Yeah. And was like, I'm, I'm going home. He's <laughs> like, all right, I'll do Paycheck. But then <laughs> yeah. after that, I'm then done I'm, with this. It's the greatest irony of that movie. I think he took his paycheck. And that was in the days when like actors were getting $20 million and he probably made $10 million or something. And it was an intriguing premise, you know, like I just, I, it apparently wasn't quite very good. But I do remember that Paul Giamatti's in that, who I, is he? I really like. Wow. Uh, I highly recommend his podcast, which is called Chinwag. Paul Giamatti has a podcast? Yeah. And he just talks about weird stuff like Sasquatch and reincarnation. What? And What? Yeah. It's really good. And it's he, really fun. He just won the, the Golden, the Golden Globe. Globe. Yeah. Over Nicolas Cage. Oh. Uh, but anyways, it's fine. I do love Paul Giamatti. It's cool. But Giamatti, I did hear in an interview soon after Paycheck when it was like, <laughs> it was far enough removed where he wasn't going to get in too much trouble. Yeah. Where that was the gag. He was like, oh, and, and what was Paycheck? He was well, it was... John Woo, but uh, it was a paycheck. Yeah, I mean, uh, working with John Woo is worth it alone, obviously, yeah. even if it was trash, but I- I'm probably never going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Silent Night, looking forward to that one. Yeah, definitely. I will mention before we wrap things up, in a, a recommendation for a movie-adjacent thing, mm. on my DC Comics app, I read a book that is available now. You can get it at your local bookstore as a collection. I really loved the Batman 89 sequel miniseries it's just called batman 89 oh yeah i've actually seen this i I didn't know any better but yeah it's drawn by a guy named joe kionis and it's his dream come true because he drew all over his website for a long time all this batman 89 art and he's done other things he's a 
respected comic artist in his own right, but it is written by Sam Hamm, who wrote the screenplay for Batman 89. Right. And I think, I love Batman 89, but I think without restrictions, without budgetary constraints, without Hollywood getting in the way, this comic is really good. And it's Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer likenesses. And the real robbery is that it's Billy Dee Williams in the Two-Face story arc. Right. And no one was more robbed in that chain of events than Billy Dee Williams because he was cast as this handsome, charismatic guy in Batman 89. Yeah. And the payoff was going to be him playing Two-Face. Sure. And the poor guy. It would have been so good for his career. Imagine if the Two-Face story in Batman 2 in 92 instead of Catwoman and Penguin. Yeah. All this stuff. Anyhow. Or even the third one. Like, I mean, because you got Two-Face in the third Batman movie, Uh, just not the way that you pictured it. Yeah. And so if you're a Batman fan or a movie fan, it's a really good read, really fun, and you can hear all the voices. It sounds like Michael Keaton reciting those lines. Is it set after Batman Returns, basically? Yes. Set sometime after Batman Returns because Catwoman shows up and it's canonical with that. Gotcha. And Michael Keaton has a little bit of gray in his temple. Huh. So it's it's an undetermined amount later. And Robin is in it. Oh. And if anyone knows anything about the weird history is that Marlon Wayans was cast to play Robin. Wow. So in this, it's a black Robin. Wow. And, and a black Two-Face. And a black Two-Face. And the Robin character's really well done. Wow. So anyhow, you read it and it's bittersweet because you're like, I want this movie. I really like the concept of these sequels to things in comic book form. Because like yeah. we've talked about it a while. Like there's yeah, Silent Deadly Night that you got me. Yeah. And then there's they're doing My Bloody Valentine comes out uh, next month. And it's it's yeah, it's like the same idea. It's the continuing stories in this universe. And I especially like it when they get the creators involved. Because sure. I know like this one, Sam Hamm, who wrote the original screenplay. And not a franchise I'm into, but I keep meaning to watch. But I know Farscape made some news recently because the writers of that show were doing comic books. And I see there's a Strange New World, Star Trek 1, 2. Like, it seems yeah. like a lot of these shows, I have no idea. But then I see them at comic books where I was like, oh, okay, sure. And often they're getting the creative teams involved. So mm-hmm. there's a nice synergy to it. Yeah. Uh, and, and lastly, obviously, I have to mention Batman 66. Which oh, yeah. Did, same concept. It's so like good. new stories in the vein of the Adam West show. You got me some of those, too. And like, yeah. they're, they're really fun. Yeah. So yeah, so just a, a little reading recommendation for any movie geeks out there. Yeah. So we're going to wrap things up. That was the movies for the week of Friday, January 19th. Thanks for listening. Thanks for retweeting and giving us five stars and mm-hmm. doing all that kind of stuff. You can go to MayfairTheater.ca to get updates on all the upcoming movies. And we'll be back next week to talk about other movies coming up at the Mayfair Theater. Including like- the Drag Dragon. Oh, like Enter the Drag Dragon. Yep. And Godzilla oh, Minus yeah. One. In color and in black and white. Right? You thought the subtitle thing was cool for that other one, but now this is getting good. Oh, I got to watch that twice, too. <laughs> okay, thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, great. Now I get to come back and do a speech at midnight tonight. Just stay all day. I probably should have. <laughs> oh, yeah. You see? Jenna Rollins is Gloria. She's tough. But she sides with the little guy. I don't want to die. What do I do with you? You know, you're not my family or anything. You're, you're, you're just a neighbor's kid, right? Gloria. You know, we're not interested in you. All we want is the book and the kid. What are you going to do? Shoot a 
six-year-old kid on the street? For Gloria, the danger is always getting closer. And getting closer is always the danger. Tony? Gloria? How are you? Can you help me? Gloria, trust me. Maybe we can do something. Trust you? Hey, Tony, I know you. Where is the boy? I want to go home. Hey, don't be stupid. You got no home. You got me. I understand. You are a woman. He is a little boy. You fall in love. Every woman is a mother. You love him. I love Phil. Do you love me? How can I resist you? Hey, I don't like this kid. We need the boy. I'm gonna get up and walk out of here now. If you want to stop, you can. Like Cagney and Bogey and all those great tough guys, now there is Gloria, the chick off the old block. Come on. Come on. Oh, I'd love it. Come on. Don't hang back. I'd love it. I got a six-year-old kid over there that had his whole family murdered by you punks. Go ahead, Trent. Okay? You let a woman beat ya, huh? You little tiny nothing. General. Is Glory. She's trying to beat the mob at their own game.